0: Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Time's just gone 18 minutes past five. Welcome to the Afternoon Overdrive. I'm Michael McKenna. At this point in time, joining us on the line to give us a detailed news update on what's happening in Israel, our correspondent from Israel, Rolene Marks. Rolene, good afternoon. Thanks once again for joining us.
1: Good afternoon. Always good to talk to you.
0: Roland, let's begin with, uh, I heard earlier on you sent out some alerts regarding uh, WhatsApp messages and what, of course, now we are involved in this horrific war where, you know, uh, artificial intelligence and false messaging is going through, well, it's being played on. Is there anything you'd like to put out there to all listeners? It,
1: it seems... That I have to say it because again, these mm. messages seem to be circulating. You know, you know the messages: uh, urgent, drop what you're doing. My son, yes. nephew, whoever in in whatever unit in the IDF is engaged in this difficult battle right now, right this moment, uh, uh, stop what you're doing and say prayers. Okay. First of all, we should all be praying for the safety of our soldiers. We want them to return home in, in, in victory. But please understand, first of all. Our soldiers don't go into Gaza with their cell phones, ever. Their phones are are closed and and left behind. Second of all, they are never going to put out messages during Uh, battle or or anything operational. I mean, I I uh, um, I might sound a bit uh, facetious, but come on, let's use logic. They're not going to stop in the middle of a battle to send out a WhatsApp. Not going to happen. They're not going to give out any operational details, and they most certainly are not going to be messaging from the battlefield. Uh, If any soldier is giving out... Um, uh, points of reference where they are busy, what they are doing, they will be court-martialed. So please, mm-hmm. if you get these uh, WhatsApp messages or see them on social media, please delete them and please don't forward them around because you could potentially um, put our soldiers who deserve uh, all of our respect and all of our prayers in danger. So please, anything to do with soldiers, take the information only from the IDF. And the IDF are not going to tell you we are engaged in the middle of a battle. Please drop everything you're doing and say prayers for us. And we're doing it in Tunnel 21 over here with this uh, uh, certain brigade. Please, please, please. I don't know how many times to say it. You can hear the frustration in my voice. Stop circulating these
0: messages. Loud and clear, Erlene, thanks very much from the battlefield. Let's now focus on the United Nations. From a political point of view, they're likely to vote Tuesday on on the Gaza ceasefire demand.
1: Well, last week, uh, last week Friday, the Secretary General Antonio Guterres invoked the UN uh, Charter Clause 99, which allows him to call for an emergency session of the Security Council to push through a, a resolution. And he pushed one for for the vote on an uh, immediate humanitarian ceasefire. Now, of course, these resolutions are non-binding, uh, but it's, I just find it strange, Michael, that he never invoked Clause 99, uh, For Russia and Ukraine, which, Mm. uh, you know, almost exploded Europe into war, um, uh, or uh, for the civil war in Syria, which, by the way, we're still seeing Assad and uh, the Russians dropping sorties on uh, Syrian um, civilians. He hasn't done it for any other conflict zone around the world but has done it for Israel. And nowhere in that resolution is it mentioned that the reason why there is a war uh, uh, with Hamas and that is the atrocities committed by Hamas on Israeli civilians on the 7th of October. And nowhere are the brutal rapes and and gender-based violence forced on our women and our children mentioned uh, there as well. So it went to the vote on uh, Friday or early in the hours uh, of uh, Saturday morning Israel time. Uh, The UK abstained. They said, you have not addressed the cause of this, which is Hamas. And the U.S. vetoed it, saying that, you know, it's just... Uh, detached from reality uh, that they don't seem to be like uh, the, the, the what's happening on the ground doesn't really spe- seem to be sinking in mm. of course we want humanitarian aid to reach the civilians in Gaza we are seeing increased footage and are hearing from Palestinian civilians in Gaza that Hamas is taking the aid so I, I think we need to be very very uh, aware of this we need to understand uh, the The United Nations right now is not our friend, Mm -hmm. and tomorrow they will be going to a vote on the same resolution at the General Assembly.
0: You know, interesting what you just touched on now, Rolene, about uh, aid being taken by Hamas instead of, you know, going to where it should rightfully go to the Palestinian civilians. Now we have our United Nations delegation visiting Gaza.
1: Of course they are, mm. visiting Gaza, I, I, I think they've uh, bypassed uh, the um, the families, the evacuees, uh, the survivors, the released hostages right. uh, in, in Israel, I, I see UNICEF have been very very busy today tweeting up a storm about the rights of children and of course we all uh, respect and want the rights for Palestinian children. But, you know, let's just remind these organizations that there are Israeli children, Israeli child victims as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were Israeli children murdered in the most brutal way on the 7th of October. Uh, Israeli children raped. I know it's very difficult for people to hear this, but you have to hear this. You have to internalize what happened on the 7th of October. There are Israeli children all over the country, including in my city of Mudi. Where we are still living under rocket fire There are Israeli children uh, who are hostages that are released Or who are orphans Or who are living with the trauma uh, that they experienced on the, on the 7th of October So mm. uh, I would behoove the United Nations um, uh, uh, to, to remember that Israelis, all of us, Jewish, Christian, Muslim We're human beings too
0: Rolene, so they are visiting Gaza. Is, is that now, so to speak, cast in stone? They are visiting Gaza Gaza, and not even attempting to cross the border and see now where the massacres took place in Israel.
1: Well, in, in fairness to the United Nations, mm-hmm. we did revoke uh, some of the visas. Not all of the visas, some of the visas okay. are, are, are there, uh, of their officials, but not all of their visas. So, uh, you know, what's up with the rest of them? They work in Israel, they operate in Israel, why haven't they gone down?
0: Okay, indeed. Food for thought. <laughs> I'd love to hear from the listeners on that one. Rolene, something I wanted to run by you. Now, we're seeing intensified attacks uh, stemming from the north. Hezbollah really stepping up its activities coming from that part of the world. Is this now, could this be like a tactic to divert attention away from Hamas in the west?
1: Well, we have uh, planned for all scenarios. We yeah. we have planned for the fact that if a war breaks out on one front, it, it will inevitably break out on the other. And we have seen an escalation uh, with, uh, in fact, this morning there was a, a barrage of are uh, yes. uh, the projectiles or, or rockets uh, fired from uh, the South Lebanon in, into into Israel? And, we've, and of course, we've evacuated communities along our northern border as well. And we've told uh, Lebanon, you know, don't tempt us. You don't want to turn Beirut into Gaza. You know, you, and I don't think the Lebanese people want to invite uh, a, a war on on their front. But we do have IDF troops also stationed up there uh, defending Israeli positions and we Mm. are prepared for any uh, eventuality. There has always been the thought that uh, Iran in its war with Israel, in its proxy war with Israel, will Mm. um, uh, give the green light to, to their proxies.
0: Rolene, again, not much time. It's amazing when we have this conversation, our time flies. So let's at least uh, end it off on an encouraging note uh, in the midst of this war. Israel's Immigration Authority reporting that since the war began, uh, at least 10,000 foreign workers have entered the country to serve in various fields. Very encouraging, given what Israel needs now, all the help and support that the country needs in its war against terror.
1: It is encouraging and it's a big lesson to South Africans because uh, many of those foreign workers are coming from countries like Kenya and Malawi uh, and and India and Mm -hmm. and other uh, countries around the world. And and that's a lesson to South Africa that, uh, you know, if you supported the other team and not the terrorist team, would be able to send workers to israel uh, to to earn money to earn a living uh, to to work I, I know that south africa uh, is, is facing astronomical levels uh, of unemployment and one has to wonder why is the or well, not all but elements of the government backing a losing horse
0: indeed just very quickly roly in which industries would that be i guess farming being one of them
1: farming definitely farming we need uh, you know the, the help that uh, the communities that were affected the most are responsible for a lot of our agriculture right. we do need those workers coming in to milk those cows and pick those crops, and do everything that, uh, uh, that is
0: necessary. Rolene, always great chatting to you this time of the afternoon, but we have to leave it there once again. Uh, yeah, Let's see what we can catch up on, on tomorrow. Roland Marks, our correspondent from Israel, thanks so much for joining us to give us an update as to what's happening in the Holy Land at the moment.